Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friends Kyle Rice, Russell Gardner, and I are continuing our five-week series in Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra with volume three of the series. Today, we're going through issues number 24 through 36, so consider yourself warned because we're going into full spoilers. As always, remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Welcome back to Cameron's Comics, week three in our five-week series on Why the Last Man. Kyle and Russ are feeling some sort of way because that's the second time I've done these intros. Russ, have you been there for when I do more than one intro take? Maybe. Pretty sure you and I have done at least like, I feel like there's one episode where we did three intros. That could definitely be the case. Probably with like waffles coming in the door like every time you tried. Uh, Russell is referring to podcast mascot Waffles the Superdog, and so yeah, he does that all the time. But I usually I usually cut those out, and when but yeah, he doesn't come here anymore because it's a very far jaunt with the little pup. Um, Kyle, how are you? I'm good, man. We we did the intro quite a few times on the first episode. Oh my god. The episode that is um, that is actually unlistenable. Here's here's actually a slice of news for the fans. I think that I'm gonna branch. I'm gonna start doing books again, based on not with the same person. Maybe eventually with the same person, but I want to do second and third print episodes, and that's what I want to call them because um, you know uh, I have friends that are reading comics just between you and I, and hopefully one day she'll come on the podcast. I'll call her out right now. Alyssa Pyle is reading an episode that we just recorded, uh, Batman Dark Victory, and I'm like, there's no way that I want to not talk. This is on your radar, and you're doing this thing, and I would just love to hear your take on this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think I'm going to do second print episodes, and I think I want to do a second print on Mr. Miracle, our very first episode, because... It's a wise decision. <laughs> I want to. I don't think I'll ever have the courage to delete the first episode, which it, it unfortunately has the most listens of any episode. <laughs> and I'm like, the episode numbers in this podcast don't matter, like at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe for an episode like this, where it's the third in a five. I mean, if you want to pick up from the middle, just go for it. But hey, here we are. Um, anything to report, Russell? I was thinking about we we recently saw a movie this weekend. It was Free Guy, and Russell on tune with last month skipped a trailer and which trailer did you skip Russ? why the last man yeah <laughs> oh that was a lot that was good that was a good announcement yeah sorry no you're good i'm, I'm, I'm chilling Russ, uh when did you know what did you see and then when did you know not that you can't you can't watch it uh i don't remember what what happened it was like they just showed like a horizon and then they showed a dude who looked like yorick 
And then they said something like, the world's in turmoil. And then I was like, oh, I think I know what this is. And then I looked down. <laughs> no, you said the way you described it to me, because I came late. And so Russell, like, Russell announced it to me that he he did not watch that trailer. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I saw a gas mask. And then I was like, oh, no. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, they showed a gas mask. Yeah. You didn't uh, see the city? Wait, why would you say it like that? Well, that doesn't, that's not a spoiler, Russ. Okay. You know what the image you sent both of us? Didn't you send us an image of the city, or did you just send me that? I probably just sent it to you. It's nothing to do with plot or anything. It was just, just film. Doesn't well, matter. No Spoiler. matter what. Oh eventually, we're going to watch the pilot Here of the show, are. and we have to do that sooner rather than later, because by the time this episode comes out, the TV show will have already aired. So there's a fun fact for you. But um, stick around, and you'll hear us be able to do the, the uh, a pilot review of Why the Last Man. Now, those... those points are over let's get into the book uh first and foremost what did you guys think russ you go first what did you think about volume three um that's good that's a good question um <laughs> i, I know, always ask that <laughs> that's great you're doing great um, <laughs> we're all doing great um no i i think it felt rereading it there were definitely like some really nice moments that I like remember, you know, just like as I reflect on the book and the experience and like some like really great moments in Y3. Um, I think maybe things that like stood out to me was I just forgot how much there's like, there's new stuff going on in book three, right? It's mm -hmm. kind of like there's, there's certain things that you leave behind and other things that you adopt really quick, you know, like the whole alter alters barely in this until like the end right yeah we can spoil that she's i thought yeah it's like but i mean like she would I, I wouldn't even say she's in this it's like that's i feel like the cliffhanger ending of the book yeah yeah but she she makes it that's yeah, not yeah. a spoiler it's in this book russell you just spoiled it <laughs> dang it my life goal <laughs> uh, he was pissed about the city yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's a, a city in the tv show in this book. <laughs> no, <they'd... laughs> there's a city probably without power <laughs> oh, also, I really <laughs> did notice in this one in particular the use of so much electricity, and I'm like, this is a. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's bull, dude. Um, they just figure it out. Uh, that made me laugh. Okay, I'm sorry. But yeah, I, I think I just liked, and I what I really liked is how, in this book especially, you can tell that they reached a point like you know BKV's totally chilling with his character development, and now you're like you're past a certain phase in how the characters are interacting, you know, especially Dr. Mann and 355 and Yorick, like our main trio there. Yeah. Like, especially I, I love the, maybe like the line that stood out to me most was when um, 355's knitting and then Dr. Mann's like, what are you knitting, a rifle, like a thing for your rifle or whatever? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, like Yorick said the exact same thing to me and then Dr. Mann's like, I know. And it's just like a nice moment of, Oh yeah, they all know each other's tendencies so well that even they're starting to pick up and like repeat tendencies of the other people and stuff. So I, I really like that. I liked how the characters interacted and like the growth in relationships. Yeah, they, you see their influence on one another, and like, and I think one of the key things that I like about this volume too is that we see their growth. Like they have learned their lessons, and and Yorick kind of explicitly says it when he's on the ship at some point, where he's like, you know, obviously he's not the one. <laughs> Like now, even in the first volume, like now I think about it, my two favorite Yorick scenes are like when he's 
in the words of Benjamin Franklin, when he just comes out in front of all of the, the moms and everyone, and he's like, he's just that trash dude. Like, pretty much the, the epitome of mansplaining just in that scene. And then uh, when when he's like, okay, oh my gosh, you're all from jail? You should be still in jail still. You know what I mean? Like, like there are still rules that are in place. And now we see that he's not experiencing those in this book, which is just so interesting. And, and I think you see, again, their influence and their growth in this volume, which I really like uh, personally. I'm just someone who... I realized, too, just fun fact about me, Uncommon, I like sequels a lot more than the origin stories. I don't know why or how, but I just love sequels. Isn't that weird? Russell just made a face. Do you mean that, like, in movies? Yeah, I mean that in movies. I mean that in, like, text. Thor 2 Dark World? Yeah, but Thor Ragnarok. That's, is that a sequel? Or it's is a, that sequel. a sequel to a sequel? It's not. Wouldn't that, that still be a sequel? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my question is, is it an origin? Um, but but even, dang, I like the Thor origin movie too. But anyways, I like them all. It's Marvel. Anyways, um, I, I, I branched off. I'm sorry to my fans already. I'm very scatterbrained going into all of this, and like this episode in particular. But we're going we're gonna to do it, and it's going to be fun. And I, I, liked, I liked this volume a lot more than I thought I would, especially towards the end. But more importantly, Kyle... How did you feel about Volume 3? Um, well, uh, to be transparent, I read the last three issues in the car ride here. So you're uh, really with, fresh. Uh, yes, very fresh. Um, read it very fast. And I think I finished, and it seemed wordier than the past two volumes, but I also think that's because I was reading it so fast. And I just felt like I was reading, 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 which is exactly what I did. But I got done with it and went, there are so many words. And it's because, you know, you waited till the last minute to read it. Mm-hmm. You idiot. I, and I, then, it does feel like there were less panels, though, that like spoke to me in like a standalone type of way. You know? Sure. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, those yeah. panels where you're like, whoa, like just like the visual of it like you stare at it for a few seconds and you're just like oh that's nice mm-hmm. it did feel like it was a little bit more dialogue driven mm-hmm. than maybe other the other books I yeah i think i think that's kind of not that that's my only point to it i liked it a lot i was actually telling russell on the way over here that i really liked it what did i say like i literally said something and i was like oh wait i should wait for the podcast to say it and then i said it and now i forgot it please help me remember uh, there's Cam, no shot. Why don't you explain what you thought about the the volume, and I'll remember it. I, I remember well, the moment. There's still, you know, there's also a, you could also be reminded of it as we talk about the full volume. Nope. Right nope. <laughs> <laughs> Silly me. Um, yeah, no, I, I was trying to. I, I thought I kind of said my points, but really, I, I thought I found this one uh, to be the characters getting to know them, like to be on an arc together, and I think that it answered some questions that we have because it. it when we left the first volume of the book, I was like, okay, well now they like, okay, well now they're all together and they know each other. Like that book ended and they met Dr. Man. And it was like, Oh, like I, it, I, after have having read it, I was like, Oh wow. They meet her this late. I thought she was, you know, issue number two. And, and, uh, that's just their little crew. And so now seeing their crew as we know them in full form and, and, and seeing the world being built, uh, I was I was really impressed by it, and for those who listen to the pod and have listened to my 
Mayan Russell's other episodes, like Brian K. Vaughn is, is one of the most thoughtful writers and one of the I, thoughtful. And he, when it comes to world building, I just think he's so clever and, and, and he's so considerate. And I'll, I'll go at length about that. But I think in this book, we really see that come to fruition in the way that the world is built. So, yeah. And, and, and the story takes a natural progression, too, because it's like they go from... You know, okay, originally it was we're in New York, or, or I think they were in Boston. I don't remember. They mm-hmm. were they were around. East Coast. Boston. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, now we have to go to California, which is like, wow, that could span an entire series itself. And then they got to California. Oh, we're in NorCal. Oh, now we're in San Diego. But, you know, there are journeys along the way. And then, okay, well, now we got to go to Japan, which is like, I just think the right trajectory for the whole story. And mm-hmm. so... um just seeing that and seeing how it plays out, I really, I really enjoyed, especially in this volume, because it wasn't so. I didn't remember anything from this volume, mm-hmm. pretty much. So that mm-hmm. was it's it's refreshing in that way and familiar. Yeah, I just to build off that too. Like I, I like how there's a natural progression into like more localized affairs. Like the Amazons are more of like a localized East Coast thing. You know, it feels like when they start, and then like the events that you're exposed to it's like oh wait now there's a spaceship coming down it's like whoa and so then when you get to the whole oh there's like drug wars between australia and these like drug smugglers and stuff it's like yeah that makes sense like i'm ready for this you know you've kind of built up a tolerance for these crazy things happening and so it it feels very natural Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. again that i think that's his strength and Mm -hmm. and and you said at the very first, Kyle and Kyle and Russ have not listened to their previous episodes because obviously they haven't been released yet, and so uh, you you mentioned that in the first uh, in the first episode of the podcast. You say you're you're talking to the Amazons, and we're like, oh my gosh, like the, that that whole build up in that scene, and we thought they were going to be you know the be all end all of the series, and then it's like, oh no, like that halted, and it made us feel so much emotion when the I forget the leader's name, but she's the chess player girl. Sophie. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, Victoria, Sophie. Victoria, Victoria, yeah. Victoria. I don't know. I said Sophie. That's the girl Isn't from Saga. Mm. Oh my. God. Oh yeah, she is not not the one I was thinking of, but yes, yeah, Sophie. Oh, I love as I look at my lion cat statue that I'm so proud of. Anyways, um, another Brian K. Vaughn book, but oh, I lost my point now because I got so distracted. It's okay. I remembered what I said in the car. <laughs> All right, we were, <laughs> we're good. We were, we're working good. hard for yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate. One. It, I appreciate it. Um, I was saying that as I was reading it in the car and getting uh, a little nauseous. Um, Brian K. Vaughn's like ability to plant a seed, just like leave an issue in a cliffhanger, and then he doesn't have to start the next issue with that cliffhanger. He'll he'll plant a seed, and we won't see that character or what happened after that for like eight issues. Mm-hmm. And makes me like kind of dream I could have been reading this when it was coming out because that would have been as equally frustrating as it would have been like Mm -hmm. rewarding, you know, where it's like we can, I obviously read this whole book within the last 24 hours, you know, (laughs) within the last car right here. (laughs) Um, so like all that to say, I think it, it would have been really cool to be reading this when it was coming out, uh, because obviously we wouldn't know where he's going. Um, and to have to wait, 
sometimes like depending on publication months and months to see anything happen with Beth or anything happen with Alter. You know, like when was the last time before this cliffhanger that we saw Alter? Was that must early the, book two? It was the uh, it must have been the astronauts when yeah, it was when she got taken into custody by Sadie. Who's Sadie? Mm-hmm. Sadie it's, is the it's been one volume. I still, <laughs> Sadie's the Sadie's the other girl yeah. who like usurped her power and like knocked her out. And oh yes, her. Yeah. and mm-hmm. and she helped Yorick escape. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was like early book two, right? First arc. Oh, and mid that's book two, I think. For no, early no. early mid something like that. I don't remember how book two ended, but whatever. But what it what is that? Ten issues previously. Tw- uh, twelve. Twelve. Yeah. So twelve issues without seeing Alter, and then it's. And in publication, you're she right. Comes back. That's a year. That's forever. That's a year. And see, imagine how rewarding that is if we were able to read that when it was coming out. That's the, but. But it's also awesome that we like get it like yeah. this too. I feel like could I, you've imagined waiting. That's all I have to say. It would be frustrating for sure, but see, I, rewarding. I, that's interesting, because I can totally see you as being one of those people who you like, you like the intense like. The intensity of not knowing, you mm-hmm. know, like and waiting and like, ooh, I gotta wait till they're gonna give it to me and I'm yeah. on their timing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't like that. Okay. I know you don't yeah. because of our. I did that. With that the, happened with the boys. The boys. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I didn't watch any of the boys season two because I was like, I'm not gonna do this weekly thing. Oh my god. He wouldn't gosh. watch it with me I when it was coming that. out. I dread the boy Russell does more. You know what? Okay, this this ties into a great conversation that I should have mentioned at the top of the episode <laughs> that has nothing to do with why, but everything to do with what we're saying. I don't know if we recorded this conversation, but Kyle and I were convincing Russell to watch Titans, and Russell has apparently started. I've more than started. I'm like season two, episode ten. What? Oh my! I did a whole car ride with you here, and you didn't say anything. I forgot to mention it. You were that reading. hurts. <laughs> I was reading. You're right. But, That's true. There was not <laughs> as many opportunities to bring it up. But to go to, to go off what uh, what Russ and Kyle are saying, um, I think I lean a lot more towards Kyle, and actually to. Uh, it's very personal. There's the traditional like nature of comic books themselves. Like I, I love trades and I, there's, there's more than enough trades in the entire world for me to read, but like, like, you know, this format, graphic novels, air quotes, but, um, there's more than enough trades in the world for me to read, but I absolutely love my monthly books. You know, uh, the, the book I, I probably two I quote most are, uh, Donnie Cates' Thor and, and Tom Taylor's Nightwing where I'm just like every single month that is a highlight of my month and I just can't get enough but also there's to what Kyle's saying like that time to just resonate on on something and, and not just get it all like thrust at me is I think so important and, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that because I, I don't know if I, I, I would appreciate it as much you know, mm-hmm. and so sometimes with Y and Saga and everything else, like we're spoiled because we 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 have all whatever 52, 60 issues, and 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 in this book we, you know, we're spoiled. But that year without Alter, I kind of absolutely adore that. Yeah, I, I will say, I mean, Netflix was kind of the game changer for that. Was getting an entire season of a show and just completely binging it, and. I, I do that. I can't help myself with those things. So it's like I watch it all right away. Every spare moment I have, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to finish it like as quickly as possible. And so I realize when that happens, I love it, but it happens way too fast to where I don't really get to appreciate it as much. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's that's me. 
and I know Russell can appreciate things no well, matter how quickly he's doing it. So, well, there's other, there's other ways too, you know, that I think Russell, like, I think you're patient enough to wait for a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Like it's only whatever, three months in between each film. And so it's like, isn't that still just as rewarding? Yeah. But I, I think, I think of that as like, it feels different to me. Like that feels to me more like a book, you know? So it's mm. like, I can get, you can give me Sorcerer's Stone and make me wait for Chamber of Secrets or something like that's fine. Cause you've given me a nice, like, 250 pages or whatever and to work it, with yeah so that's good i'm happy you know it feels like it feels sad to get and there's endings to those movies right like there's endings yeah like i feel like there's issues you read the issue if i was just to get that issue and then it ends the way it ends i'm mad like there was no ending there you know oh my gosh uh, that's why even with like <laughs> saga it's like as much as i love saga there's this part of me that is like angry about saga because like i just don't have the ending and uh, you led me through the story and then you cut it off, you know? That's kind of how I feel. Oh, I love, I love, I guess, living in the purgatory. Because also, too, with that, and I think this is where Game of Thrones, and I never finished Game of Thrones. This is not a spoiler for Game of Thrones. No, but people were disappointed with the ending. And I think that time to resonate can also be counterintuitive because no matter how great or, or, or not it is, I don't think it'll ever live up to expectations, which is the double-edged sword. And actually, with I love the, the ending great i don't i don't know how it ends so and russell's like that's a spoiler russell like, <laughs> russell just heard someone that likes it someone who didn't watch it and a bunch of people hated it so you can't <laughs> you gotta love that, that because it could be anything that cut through the edit right oh yeah you're in the last season <laughs> yes. for sure it, people were like way too mad about that <laughs> people were mad about i'm that. like why can't we all just laugh about that like that's hilarious speaking of things i'm mad about as i read this i still thought about the guy that i got in a facebook argument with as about why the last man oh yeah 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 what about yorick yeah he was like yorick sucks and i'm like oh you suck because i just think my favorite <laughs> moments in this book no matter what were yorick's like fumbles i just think he's so funny and actually you know that brings me to my next question um we're gonna bounce around narratively so sorry i don't really feel like going point by point and i feel like we bounce around anyways one of the actually i love to do it do it mm-hmm. well there i uh there's uh, there here's the theme we're gonna go under right now if i'm going under umbrella topics i think there's some questions and there's some issues that people had with this series that got answered in this volume, which I like. So I guess for me, the two things that I think we should talk about are number one, uh, and we'll go in this order because it's out of order, but we'll go in this order. Number one, we find out how Yorick survived the plague. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so it's like, and it wasn't anything he did. It wasn't any any capability he had. It wasn't any superiority he had. It was all his pet and his, you know, monkey. So, how do you guys feel about that? And actually, you know, talk about a talk about a cliffhanger ending. You know what I mean? Uh, do you guys remember the first time you read that issue and and it shows him vomiting up the blood or whatever or air quotes blood? Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? And then how did you feel about the payoff that he uh, that of the truth of what it was. And I guess, you know, I'd say it was a little duplicitous. It was, it led us to believe one thing and it totally kind of totally tone shift paradigm shifted on us. How'd you guys feel about that moment in, in, in the nature of the writing and then in the nature of what it led to and what, what that scene meant? Russ, you can go first. 
Okay. Um, Sorry, I just I don't know. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle had more of a thought for me. Kyle, give me a thought right now. Russ, you can go second. <laughs> yeah, get behind me. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I will say, right when like the panels like shift over, and you read it, um, I guess I would have like when I first read it, I had the same reaction and thought process as Yorick where like he is pretty pissed when like he finds out that it was ampersand poop yeah basically uh, feces let out some type of gas or something and or I don't know how that science works they haven't gotten there they ex- yet they explained it like in three panels I still didn't really get it um <laughs> but like, I reacted and I was like, that's just ridiculous. You know, like that's, that's silly, but also it's kind of cool. And then like my mind kind of shifted. And then as Dr. Mann's kind of explaining it to him, it's like, oh, that's kind of where my mind was going and how he was slowly progressing in his reaction to finding out. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, yeah. like I started off like, oh, that's kind of frustrating. Like that's all it is. It's poop, you know? But then it was kind of a beautiful thing of Dr. Man was kind of explaining it to Yorick saying like, no, it was actually your choice in like wanting to help something or someone that put you in this position to even have this monkey in the first place. And so she was kind of coming to him to like console him and calm him down of, you know, he had like a total like pride meltdown that like he didn't do anything special you know, it's kind of what he's been worried about this whole time is yeah. being special enough to be the last man on earth. And then it comes down to it and it's just monkey poop. Yeah. And then, I don't know, that's kind of how, like, kind of how I saw the situation. And I think the, the beauty of Brian Kivon's writing was like you, or at least I kind of saw it through York's lens mm-hmm. and I had the same reaction as him. So. Yeah, it's like it's like they wanted. We all want to believe that it's some sort of like mystical magic mumbo. It it, it was the the ring or whatever. The, uh, what's the the circle that the wedding ring? The no 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 no. Uh, oh, the amulet, amulet of, of Helene. Yeah, yeah yeah. Oh my gosh, Kyle, that's two. Nice. I just read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Twenty minutes so, ago. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's the amulet. We wanted it to be the amulet, and we all kind of knew it wasn't. And I, and I kind of like that because I, I I don't know if the, if this book went down the magic realm, I really it really would have lost me. Like the the statute of, you know, uh, limitations for belief on how and how something can happen is, uh, you know, that I, I'm stretched out already to believe that all the females or everyone with Y chromosome will die. So men, animals, da, da, da. okay, you, you, you've thrown me into a lot here. And I think this book has already set its tone in its realism. And so to separate from that, I would have been like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think this, like the way they handled that situation, and it's not the fact that, it's not the fact that it could have been anyone. It's the fact that, yo, it's still you. Mm-hmm. And... It also could have been anyone. And again, that's what I think I love most about this character is how flawed he is and how, I guess, unworthy he is to wield this responsibility. And and for him to lash out and be mad at that in the same way that you're saying you're mad at that, I think I, I just love that moment. And 
I'm like, that's actually my favorite moment of the book. And especially it's the big it's the big splash page because again, Ampersand is my favorite character. And and he's like, Wait, you're telling me the thing that saved me was and then it's a cut to a big mm-hmm. splash page. It's just a giant it's, ampersand. It's looking, it's it's Eorick in the background looking at like Dr. Man's like monkey boo. And then Ampersand's like running towards like it's not a camera, but it's like just fourth wall. And it's just like bah! <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And I'm like, I love him so much. But then he gets taken away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then the stakes in this book get elevated, not in a super crazy mystical out of out of touch way, but in a very realism way. And 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 Dr. Mann saying, This is true science. I loved all of that. So that was great. Russell, how did you feel about it? Um, I like that I like that it like humanized Yorick as like a nobody, you know, kind of keeping with that theme, you know? Like, yeah. Like the pro- main protagonist of this story does not have superpowers. He's a hero by necessity and by default, you know, like he's the hero because all the other people died. And like, you know, um, I really like that. Like I'm drawn to that, right? It's relatable. It's there's no like Vin Diesel running around in this book. Um, yet. Yet. <laughs> so. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's larger than life people in some way. Like you have like, this Culper ring agent who can beat anyone up or whatever. But like, I like that the most important character for the sake of moving the plot and everything is just this random dude, you know, like he's just a random dude. Um, and so I like that. Yeah. The random dude. Why was he saved? Oh, like monkey poop. I don't know. Like it's very matter of fact and unextraordinary. Um, and I think that just makes me resonate with the character of York a lot more and it helps me like to, I don't know, appreciate the plot, appreciate this narrative where it's like, if anything, what they're saying is, um, the circumstances, if they were, you know, it's like the, who would survive a zombie apocalypse thing? You know, it's like, you think you would, but you'd probably die. Maybe it's just some random guy. Maybe just by coincidence he survived, you know, it's like kind of that explanation. And I like that a lot because... I think uh, it's good to think of yourself as just like, well, maybe to an extent, uh, but like, it's good to be like, I'm just a normal person. This is about a person like me. It's just a normal human. Yeah. And yes, I, I, everyone here knows I, I vibe with that so much because I think that, I think the fact that he's so unimpressive, I guess it's so human to kind of buy into the fact that like what we think makes us impressive aren't the things that actually are impressive about us. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh man, I want to believe that. I want to believe. Oh my gosh, my podcast or, or my, my ability to be or do anything is what impresses people. But it's like, no people are interested or like what makes me worthwhile are, are the things that I, 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 I take for granted about myself. You know what I mean? That's, it's what other people see in me that sets me apart, not what I see in me, which is, I think it's very human. And that's, what's so disheartening about Yorick's thing. And that's why I was like, Ooh, I think the, the, the strength of this story isn't how outlandish it gets, but how human it really gets. And, and we see that in Yorick and especially in that moment. So I was like, Ooh, it was, it was great. And like the anticlimactic nature of, of, 
I guess the why was never going to be the thing that we wanted to hear about. It's the, it's the, okay, it's the, so what, what's going to happen now? Not why all the men are gone. Like, okay. Like, or why he survived. It's okay. You're surviving. You survived. What now? And we see that and I love it. Um, now the second thing. So that was the first one. We find out, uh, you know, how air quotes, he survived. Second one is, I think, as I read comments and stuff on this book, one of the biggest things that people critique it on is the fact that Yorick does not have sex. They're like, oh my gosh, like he should be trying to procreate for the sake of the world and the world population, which isn't wrong, but I... I like the arc that, you know, he, he, he has his, his long-lost lover that he wants to be with. But in this one, we see him break that vow. You know, he, he almost sleeps with two girls, but he sleeps with one multiple times. How did we feel about that decision being made? I guess uh, two, two questions. Number one, how do you feel about his lack of sexual contact? And then how do you feel about his, um, like, his choice to now, I guess... Procreate, Kyle. You go first. Um. Well, I guess I'd start with like <laughs> hey, big big uh, shout out to the car alarm yeah. <laughs> that you're hearing right now. This is called low budget podcasting. All right, we love it. Um, I mean, I guess I'll start by like his choice to to not not do it. I mean, originally he was really in like the height of his like missing Beth um, wanting to the one thing he wanted to do when we met Yorick was uh, ask her to marry him you know like at the height of his like love for her and uh, excitement to finally see her again and so it kind of makes sense that with that still being so fresh like obviously like, the world is in shambles and everything and of course in our minds we see like oh one guy with billions of women you know like for sure that's where like our minds will probably go of like oh they're the only one for them now and so that's like where our minds would go but he's still like no I still like love this girl like to his credit like mm-hmm. he truly 100% at least at the time like was in love with her and wanted to make that a thing and and then his decision here uh it really seemed like it really seemed i mean first of all this is the girl that he has sex with is beth her name is beth she's blonde like reminds him of his beth and it was just like such a quick situation where he was like needed someone to tell him that like he could still be loved after murdering the girl in Arizona and that he's not like a bad guy. And so she was, she was there for him at a time when he really needed someone and it to him, at least through his eyes seemed like it was Beth, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's what he loved about her. That's what she would have done if she was with him in this situation. And I think one thing led to another and then it happened. We see them next panel and he's like, Oh my gosh, what did I just do? You know? And he, immediately regrets it but yeah 
I think I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I just gave a summary or if no, I no, gave no, no, you, you what you, I thought about it. I don't really know. It's a personal opinion, and that's I don't know. That's, your, that's what you thought. And that's, you know, hey, I'm like you're wrong. <laughs> like, I don't really like, remember what I just said. No, no, no you're good. <laughs> no, you're good. welcome to literally every time I talk on the microphone. Um, but really, I think with what you're saying too, I think. I think for me, the way I I feel about the whole thing is like, these are actually insane circumstances just surrounding and like her offering the perspective that, you know, there's a hundred percent chance that Beth, you know, Rick's uh, air quote fiance mm-hmm. is, is, is thinks he's still out there and coming for her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a hundred percent chance that she's like, actually with other girls not that she said she lied after she said that i don't think she lied i think she said that to make him feel better but there's a hundred percent chance that his beth is living her life obviously we find out what she's up to but living her life without him so for him to do this i don't think it's i don't think he's being unfair but i also just do love the internal conflict with everything that's going on. I think that's kind of what you're leaning into, which mm-hmm. is good. And it's just, and I also think that it makes for a good narrative. And I, as you were talking, was thinking about the guy I got in a Facebook argument with because I resonate on that. And that is uh, to say, I think if everything in this book would just went according to plan and if he did everything that he was supposed to be doing, it would be boring. And that's what I wanted to say to that person. And I didn't, but I have a platform. So high rest, what what do you what do you think about um, Yorick's uh, chance to welcome someone in? Um, I think it like I think the way the story developed, it made a lot of sense to me, especially the second time around. I think the first time around, you're like, it's kind of like this weird like, am I supposed to root for him to just hold out? Is this supposed to be like I'm sad with him, or am I not sad with him, or like? You know, it's kind of weird. And maybe, like, just knowing the pacing a little bit better. I really liked... I think I just really liked how the narrative developed because, you know, you, you think, like, whatever. You're, oh, he should just be, like, giving his Every- seed to the world <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's like, well, like, most of the time he's covering his face because he's never sure if people want to, like, kill him or not. Because half the time they want to kill him. Yeah. Right? Um, and... I don't know. I like picturing York as some like weird, like scrawny magician dude who like <laughs> every girl might not be completely attracted to, you know? And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that like makes it easier to believe that he, I guess, lasts as long as he lasts being faithful to Beth. Um, and I think it makes like, given the circumstances, you know, like he's such like, I think he only lasts as long as he does. Cause he's such a hopeless romantic, you know, it's like, <sighs> Like, he's like, oh, Beth's waiting for me. And it's like, dude, how, what, in what world does she know you're alive? Yeah, exactly. You know, like she's mourned you, she's over it, you know? And so like you trying to get to her is going to be like her seeing a ghost. Like what's, it's like, he doesn't process the reality of it, you know? I think, uh, yeah, no, what you just said, like burned into my soul. Cause I just think that's, that's also why I resonate with Gerwig so well is cause I am a hopeless romantic. And so I'm like. His per- to that point, his perception is the only perception. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like they, it, he would not have even lasted as long as he did had he been another person, right? Like it's just like at that time, it's I don't know how long in the timeline it's been 
It's been quite at, a while. At one though. point, they say two years. Yeah. But I don't know if that's... It's a little later, but... Right? A little yeah, later from like, what? But, oh, in oh in this in, in this story. volume. But it's something close to that. It's like right? a few issues later. Yeah, it's it's like the next storyline like they say that. But two years but I mean so, we can yeah. say it's at least two years. Yeah. Since two years like of like somehow convincing yourself that your girlfriend, who you're yeah. already in a long distance relationship with, for do we know how long? I mean, he was ready to get to propose. I guess so we know. But it, he's a hopeless romantic too. So let's say let's say she's been gone for six months on top of whatever. And the relationship is what maybe like a, a year and a half probably. <laughs> so I love him. I resonate with all. Of <laughs> so he's got a lot of desire that's maybe not all founded, right? That's exact. That's exactly it. It's not founded. And so yeah, I mean, I think the way like that's gonna be broken eventually, right? Like I just think that makes sense to me, and like especially because you can see some of the. You can see, like, he's looking around. He's he's seeing a bunch of women out there who have, like, no one and who more of them are inclined to like him because who else would we like, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, um, and so I think, I don't know. I just, like, it made, especially the second time through where I, I already knew the events were going to happen mm-hmm. and I didn't have to feel like, am I, like, sad that he lost some weird innocence in this moment or something? Um, it felt natural like it felt really well written i thought yeah yeah and and then i don't think at this point any reader is mad at him You're like how could you and it's like no he he's been so good so far i guess one of the things that on a totally different note too one of the things that like struck to me is i do do we think that the females are that he is i with with the first one i don't think that she you know, was trying to use him for any notoriety or what whatsoever. I think it's the second girl, like the captain of the boat that was like trying to come on to him. I feel like there's people that would take advantage of of that and use it as almost like a a power dynamic to uh, a superiority thing among other women that like I was the I was one of the few because I was I was just thinking like would would women just want him because he is the last man and they haven't you know had sex in a long time or do they do they want him because you know i i feel like i just felt like is there any sort of like desire for him because of a superiority thing because he is the last man and that i was i was i I didn't i don't remember thinking about that the first time but i felt that with the second you know with the captain it's like yeah Mm -hmm. they had mutual interest but i don't think they quite hit it off the same way that him and second beth did yeah have you I, I've kind of like thought about that. I, I think about it through the lens of Bachelor in Paradise. Have we seen oh the show gosh. here? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought this up. No, Kyle? And no, it's, no. Russell, it's okay to spoil Bachelor in Paradise on here. Oh, no, it's not, not okay. I haven't even watched the trailer. <laughs> the tra- <laughs> it's not even a spoiler. It's just like how the show works. So it's like... I'm kidding. It's like you're on this beach in Mexico, right? It's like, you know what? I it, feel like I just by the title, like I know what's it's not, going on. So it's not like normal Bachelor, right? You have like a group of guys and a group of girls it's not like one guy and 30 girls yeah and it's just like they're all trying to find a connection mm-hmm. and they're at a beach and it's just like they're vacationing and drinking the whole time mm-hmm. right but it's so funny because it's like that's all they have all they know are 16 people on a beach yeah that's it you know and so it's crazy because like you'll have this couple who's been talking for a couple of weeks or whatever and it's like 
it's like one of them will leave for some event that they're having because they always do you know the producers pull a bunch of crap to like try to get them to like separate and stuff right and so like you'll have some event one of them will leave and the other one just like breaks down crying and it's like he just left for a few hours it's okay you know mm-hmm. but it's kind of like you're in this weird microcosm yeah. where that's all that exists you know you don't know anything else you only know that right <laughs> and so it's like whenever someone leaves it's like that was the only person i've talked to for three weeks and i don't have any phone or anything what am i gonna do mm-hmm. you know honestly russ i'm just yeah i receive what you say and actually it's a very smart anecdote no matter what i'm just more glad than anything that someone brought up bachelor in paradise on this podcast and i'm gonna use this platform to just say one thing brandon is trash wow <laughs> are you caught up yeah i'm caught up that's all i need to say that's you know that's not tra- that's not spoilers it's not spoilers i feel like it's i don't just- need to watch it anymore <laughs> i'm like russell that was i okay Kyle didn't know you're watching Titans. I did not know you're watching Bachelor <laughs> of Paradise. And let me tell you, live by myself. I just need one outlet, and that's pretty much my outlet. So, <laughs> how's this? I'm not caught up on Marvel's What If. I am caught up on gotcha. Bachelor of Paradise. Oh my gosh, that was wow. I'm just beside myself. Okay, going back to why the last man. I love going. What you said, I think. I think you're 100 right. And at some point too. The, the, we as audience members reading that's reading this story about York understand that and, and I guess the microcosm you say they're living in and so we don't and I think that's why we don't blame him too for expanding his horizons because that's they, they are all existing in the same place at that time and, and that's a special thing and, and his loyalty to Beth is not quite it's all peripheral you know it, it, the stakes aren't as high for that because the stakes are so much higher for everything else in their microcosm, you know. So uh, that's a very good, very good point. Now let's let's talk about some of the arcs that were happening in in this volume. So there's two there's two things I, I noticed. Number one, there's the there's the solo story with Beth, and then there was the solo story with Hero. How do we feel about you w- where we've where we saw Hero and um, Yorick's relationship come in this volume, Kyle, how do you, how do you feel about that? That kind of single issue about Hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like Hero in this. Uh, I like that we get to see her, kind of like, come almost full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have we don't have any like true indication of like if she's come full circle because still up until the point where like they say bye to each other or they she helps them out they help her out you know like she's kind of on their side and um for most of it we still get victoria kind of tormenting her and she's brainwashed and all that sort of stuff and um we we get to see her like at least internally or in some of these pages, we get to see her like say goodbye to that or like say F you to Victoria. I think in her dream or something, she stabs Victoria in the eye with an arrow. I mm-hmm. think that happens. Is that what out. happened? And she like melts. Yeah. And then she melts and then she oh, said, I'll I see thought... you soon. I was like, I was like, wait, how did Victoria die again? But oh, no. I was like, <laughs> it's a dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dream. I remember the melting <laughs> eyeball. Okay, cool. cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting to see her whole internal battle throughout 
that arc and then the next arc I think was kind of the first time at least I remember reading it the the first time I read all of Why the Last Man I think this volume was the first time I like really saw Hero for like who she is and I got to like really spend time with her and dive into her background and I think that's pretty intentional um by him because he obviously didn't give like the full origin story of her until this volume um but i know i can't remember who it was did one of you guys say hero i think it was issue one or i mean uh volume one i think russell you said you really liked hero in that no or was I that you that was, yeah. she's my favorite oh, character so ever. sorry don't ever give russell credit <laughs> for my favorite character yeah. again if um. he says ampersand is his favorite character <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i all, all that to say was um I guess my my question to you is: Do you can you remember from volume one like why you? I I can't remember what you said. I think mostly for her in that volume, it's 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 her, her arc and her complexity mm-hmm. and everything that happened to her was so fascinating to me and like it made the most sense. Like for for Agent Three Fifty Five, it was very much. I think everyone, and that's what I was kind of iffy about Volume One, is I feel like everyone's journey was very singular, and I and I thought Hero's journey was so multifaceted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how we got introduced to her, introduced to her. You know, she's hooking up with a dude with an EMT in in a paramedic van, and then is that what they are? Are they vans? The ambulance. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, that's, I was like, there's a better word for this and I don't know it. So, I wouldn't ambulance. have said anything until you asked for a clarification. I'm glad I'll own that. Okay. Because I'm Joe Rick. <laughs> Cause I'm imperfect. But so we meet her there. And then the next time we see her, she's an Amazon missing a breast, uh, brainwashed. And then to the point where she, she turns on the one that, you know, it was just so complex. Like Yorick, I don't know if we, we yet have still gotten to that level of complexity for him, which, you know, it may, I like. I like about mm-hmm. him it is his simplicity. But for, for Hero, that, that was her dynamic and every scene she was in in that volume was the most fun to watch. And even to the point where the, or the, the Amazons, I don't think I remember how that volume ends either, but the Amazons and how that, how that ends was very, like, a, such an interesting footnote for them to end on it and she was so tortured so i think that's i love good mm-hmm. tragedy and i think brian k vaughn also is one of the best modern in comics especially because i don't read too much prose but one of the best modern comic tragedy writers because i think every single death and every character arc and action is earned in what mm-hmm. he does and so yeah that's what i mean all, all that i think is why this ongoing conversation that we're having over these books are so fascinating because I, to be honest, I feel like I could care less about those parts in volume one. Mm. And like, like I said before, like this was really when I like got my time, like with hero and that's when I started connecting to the characters. So that, that makes it really cool that mm-hmm. that started for you volume one, right out the gate for her. And then now we're to here. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really cool. One other detail was uh, the part where they find the photos that she took after, like, everywhere that she left and, like, the people was, like, one of, like, the first, I think, kind of, like, the first little foreshadows into, like, us, like, really understanding that, like, she's trying to change was because we see the moment where the people that held her captive in that town where she had killed that girl, you know, like, she 
ended up like we didn't know but until we found those pictures she took a a photo of all those people and they kind of looked happier yeah you know so i know i liked that photos thing her her pursuit for inner peace and then especially i guess okay my 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 favorite volume my favorite moments volume is definitely that that scene with amber sand just because i love the I guess willy willy nilliness of that scene, but I think the hero Yorick moment might be my absolute favorite because mm-hmm. of how just raw, how how big their feelings are in that scene to how somber and human again that moment can be. So I think we're we're, we're perpetually seeing those that relationship pay off in a new way. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I I wouldn't have brought it up, mm-hmm. Russell. How do you feel about Hero's arc? Um, I, I liked it. The, the one thing that I will say is I don't know. I don't know. Something about it. I don't like the weird like schizophrenic I'm imagining Victoria in my mind thing. Yeah, but that's short-lived. Yeah, but I don't like it. Yeah. That, that, it was, uh, you know what I'll You know say, what it reminds me of? What? Titans. Bruce Wayne being in Robin's mind oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of rubs me the wrong way. Oh my gosh. But let me just say right now, if we're going to talk about Titans, cause I didn't, I was the one who brought it up. I was watching game of Thrones. I'm just off the, off the wagon right now. That is my favorite character from game of Thrones is Bruce Wayne. And I don't think he's a great, like Batman. I would you mean Jorah Mormont. Jorah. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> That's my favorite character from Game of Thrones, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, it, it's what Batman should have been Game of Thrones for me. <laughs> I love, I love that scene. I was like, I was like, I would not pick him as Batman, but anyways, like him is that is that actor's wonderful. I I back you though, and guess what, Russ? It's not a spoiler, but the first episode isn't the first time you're going to hear them say "f Batman," and I I hate that. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, that part's unfortunate. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. But anyways, going back to another DC property. Yes, we are talking about Why the Last Man, Vertigo Comics, imprint of DC Comics. Um, but yeah, is that... Is that... Yeah, I just <laughs> think like as, a, <laughs> as like a trope or whatever, I don't like that one that much. The whole like, I'm going crazy and I'm imagining someone and I need to get o- over the voice in my head. It's like... The whole beautiful mind thing, you know. Oh wow! But he's literally schizophrenic. Yeah, I that he he gets to do it. Yeah, no, no, I feel like is it because that voice had a face that you didn't like it? I don't like the whole I'm I'm imagining a voice, and that's how we're gonna talk about my inner conflict. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. I would. Wouldn't that wouldn't that make sense from wouldn't that make sense though from like a like a person who's brainwashed in like a cult that like the cult leaders words and and stuff but it doesn't have to be in a sense of i'm still imagining the person talking to me you know i mean it i guess it doesn't like, have I'm to be still following through with but the it dogma is. Of, <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> i don't like it uh, that's fair yeah, yeah. Wait, I, I don't why know. don't you like it I just are you explaining that yeah he was i'm sorry <laughs> it, it just is like Let me explain it again it's like you could do it in different ways it's a little bit too overdone, you know, like, I, I think I don't like it partially for a cliche. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like, like, there's so many parts where he talks really well through memory, right? He shows flashbacks, and it's, like, really powerful. He, maybe he could have done something similar, or something like that. Or, like, just even just, like, just her, right? Like, just her being broken. I think you can show that through the reality of the situation rather than the imaginary. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I, I just no, don't really like that weird fever dream I'm imagining people as like a trope. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe that's just a personal thing. No, it's fine. not. It's it's hey, podcasting is all preference anyways, so don't worry about it. Um Yeah, I I am not super I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I, I, I do. I, I think I kind of side with Russ where it's like the first time reading it, I kind of allowed it. And, and was that kind of a factor for you too? It's like the first time I read it, I was like, okay, it's fine. Like she's wounded from this. But when I think about what Kyle was saying earlier, where it's like, okay, it's been a year and it's like, okay, <laughs> like let's all just calm down. Um, I don't know if I cared as much this time around. So I don't know. Was that, was that a factor for you, Russ or no? It being a year thing? Oh, okay, that that arc had closed, and now we can move on to others, and then you're like, okay, oh, mm. you again. Yeah, I just don't like the whole, like, the character's dead, but they're not really dead. They're living in me, and I'm still having conversations with them. It's like, okay, cool. Jack Nicholson from The Shining. <laughs> Jack Nicholson was not in The Shining. Oh my gosh, I'm so wrong right now. I was thinking Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> 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 That is not the same movie. (laughs) Silly Cam. Oh my gosh. Wow, that was bad. I own that. Okay, that's my humanity coming through. Um, Okay, let's. We gotta wind down, but uh, I told you guys my favorite moment. Uh, Kyle, what was your favorite moment? My. I think my favorite moment is when. I love the scene. A big part because of the art too. Um, I love when 355 is fighting uh, Toyota on the the ninja or samurai or whatever she is on the um, on the bridge in San Francisco. It's like raining and it's like gritty and York's useless, uh, but like their their like fight is just like so badass and it's like. At this point, the two best fighters that at least we think we've seen in this um, kind of go head to head, and I wish the fight was like longer. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say, you know, um, it is kind of funny how we got the whole uh, Yorick's. Uh, that's when York does the flash thing, right? That he got at the magic store. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's when a different thing. Hero does that, and he says, "That's my trick." Right? Wait, he does the flash thing with the ladies in the burkas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. You, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, she, anyway, she does forget the cloud I said that. burst out of her freaking mm-hmm. samurai sword. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. that's the... Yeah. yeah. I'm, yes. Yeah. And he says, that's my trick, and he's mm-hmm. mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, that whole, like, three or four pages of, of that whole um, that whole fight. And then and then going back to the whole uh, the photos thing for... Um, for that hero uh, brings back and actually getting to like spend time like reading the actual like notes that she left on the the photos you know like they're genuinely for Yorick to be like updated with places that he's been you know mm-hmm. like it gives him an update on his mom saying that mom's doing better um anyway those are probably my my two favorite parts that's good Russ mine I already like half revealed but it's like the moment where 355 it's like right before 355 and Dr. Man have some sexy times. I was down with that. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, but the moment, uh, like, just for the character building of, like, where she, you know, the, again, the Dr. Man's like, what are you building? Like, what are you knitting for your rifle or something? And then 
355 says like, oh, York, York said the same joke. Um, and then, then the knitting line comes up where she's knitting and then Dr. Man says, you know, York says you only do that when you're horny. And like, that is such a nice moment because you get all three of them showing how much they like kind of know about each other, you know, yeah, just yeah. from like implicit picking up or like talking to each other. And I just love that, like both those pieces of dialogue for the reader to know like, oh, these people like really know each other now, you know. And I, you know what, I, I found that scene also the most satisfying too because it's Dr. Man kind of getting what she wants because a lot of our stories center around Agent 355 and Yo, Rick and Dr. Man kind of just had a moment to like, I guess, give in. And we, because in the last part, I don't know if we talked about it in the pod, but Dr. Man admitted to having a crush on Agent 355 and that was so cool. Like that, just like, you know, give the, give the baby their bottle, you know, and, and, while it was unconcluded, we still got some good moments with Dr. Man yeah. in this. Uh, the, this whole, that whole, like, situation, you know, like, they um, enjoy each other, and then York <laughs> walks in, and, uh, like, kind of after this, this is, is this, like, the first time we get, like, like, true, like, real, like, internal drama between, like, our main three? If you I, mean, I, like... I think, like, there's different points where, like, Oh, they kind of have like little ideas here and there, like throw jabs at each other for different things. But I think this is like the first like three, like all three of them like drama with each other. Yeah, I would say yes if we're not talking about just York being an idiot. They seem to always have yes. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, a good one. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Where it's like they're everyone's feelings are kind of hurt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, like Doctor Man's obviously like Cameron said, like get, gets her way and, um, gets a 355, but then is immediately like crushed because she's like, that was a mistake because York found out because she has a crush on York. And then York's all pissed because he obviously has some sort of feelings for 355. Yeah. And so it's like, they're close. They're kind of all. Yeah. So I, I like that. We kind of finally got like a little boiling point between all three of them. Yeah. And then they kind of all figured out because then like their ship's gonna get blown up, so yeah, they figured out. That was a wait. So was that your like that whole dynamic your favorite moment for us? Not the no, it was the, the it, no, it was, sorry, the sexy time. <laughs> yeah, I like no, it was the, the the conversation yeah, the with conversation. the knitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the knitting. It'll, it'll He's he is a great writer. Oh my gosh, he's all right. The knitting is like my favorite <laughs> thing that stays consistent throughout the whole like books is 355 knitting love, yeah you're not it. wrong you're not wrong um yeah i just love it all and i also love how freaking shady yorick is to his friends he's like i don't want to go with you guys i want to hang out here she has dvds <laughs> 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 I'm, like, I'm like you're the worst but also i do the same <laughs> it was after that the whole drama where he says like all my friends are gone and then he names like all of his like dude friends from like college and stuff it's yeah. like people that obviously don't even matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like we have not seen a single flashback. Of they're them. they're dead. He's like Rick James, my best friend. I'm like you. Yeah. I'm like just calm down, man. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Russ or everyone, also Russ. I just <laughs> I just made a contact with you. Um, favorite character in this volume. Russ, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> I said your name already. 
Um, oh, also, we have to shelf Ampersand because Ampersand is obviously the best character, especially in this volume. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite character is. <laughs> Wait for it. Are you still deciding? Because I yeah, can... I'm still deciding. Okay, I, uh, I can go too. Okay, Kyle, go. My, I think mine in this volume is Doctor Man. Oh my gosh, you stole mine. Uh, we can, I went we first. Can, let's go on while Russell interpersonally decides mm-hmm. how to navigate when Amber Sand is mm-hmm. his favorite. So yeah, okay. Um, I think I mean there's countless there's countless moments with Doctor Man that I'm I'm in love with in this oh. in this in this book. Like I already kind of talked about it but how she's like there for for york when he's all pissed off and bitter that it's about the poop and <laughs> and obviously like it's remarkable that she even figured that out in general you know and um and then also i'd like that we're starting to like dive deeper into obviously like her family um dynamic we we get to see like toyota kind of talk about dr m you know like we get kind of like a little tease of Mm -hmm. of who she is and uh where they're going with that so i guess kind of like the build-up and the excitement for where it's going for for her origin and like her roots and and everything like that which i think we're gonna get a lot more of next book and then go ahead you're excited yeah i know i am because you mentioned that's that was actually one of my favorite pieces of dialogue. Not even before, like, the it's, it's before the poop and everything, but it's when York is, like, sick because he ate bad food. <laughs> and he's, like, so melodramatic that he's going to die. And it, what, what does he say? He's like, don't wait for me or something. <laughs> and she's like, what? I'm not going to drop down and die, you freaking diva. And that moment just was, I think Dr. Man, again, like, with, with, along with what we were saying earlier with Russ about, like, their, you know, favorite or, or the interaction three fifty five and Doctor Man that was not satisfying just moderately, but then Agent Three or uh, Doctor Man just saying like okay like hey I'm gonna I'll survive without you you're a cute freaking drama queen <laughs> <laughs> I love that so that's what I want to say about that mm-hmm. yeah that's Russ, me I love that. um I guess my favorite it's not even favorite for like the character's sake I just like I like the character of Toyota. Because I like the new mystery that we've got. I just like the way that like she just like, oh, all of a sudden a ninja showed up. And the first time the ninja lady shows up, she just like sort of steals Ampersand, but then they get him back and it's fine. And you're like, okay, but I'm going to log away that there was a ninja here. And then like, you know, it it Mm -hmm. comes back. And I just like the way that, you know, we've kind of left some narratives behind, but we're picking up others. And I like her as a character that you see her and you hear her talk. But then there's this mysterious voice on the other side of the line that you don't know anything about. Um, and so you're intrigued by that. I just mm-hmm. thought that character was like nicely introduced. Yeah, and it makes me think of a, a video. Russ, uh, I'm inclined to ask you this because I know you're a big Hans Zimmer fan. Um, have you seen... They're, they're just I only watched the trailers because I'm not rich, but the trailers for the master classes and they did a Hans Zimmer master class and he didn't... Going back to something Kyle said earlier, he talks about, like, you know, they, they do, like, the super cut of all the lessons he says in the class. And he did one where he's, like, on a piano and he just plays a note. And he, he said, that's a question. And then he plays another note and he says, that's an answer. And I feel like that's what Brian K. Vaughn does in this text. And he's, like, and he, and he introduces something, but it's a promise to the reader. 
You know, I mean, he introduces a question to us, and he's very thoughtful. And he, you know, I, I don't, I can't think of a time off the top of my head where he doesn't deliver to us. And so it's like, I think that ninja character showing up last volume, yeah, episode two uh, or volume two, it, it's a question, and then we, we got a little bit more. You know, he he gives us nuggets, and I like that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I was like, does that resonate at all? Do you, do you know the scene I'm talking about? No, <laughs> I didn't see that, but it reminded me of that other. I think we've talked about that one video where he with like whatever it is he's being interviewed. But at one point he says the line of like, like, oh, as an audi- like with an audience, I'm going to give you highs and lows, and like I might even try to mislead you at times. You know, it's like oh. okay um last question Um, wait hold on i'm hurt that you also didn't mention that i'm a big Hans zimmer fan because Uh russell's not the only one that's been to his concert because we actually went together to his concert and we wore suits to his concert i was gonna i I didn't want to bring that up because i didn't (laughs) (laughs) put them on blast briefly 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 we gotta wind down but what what is the Hans zimmer how was it decided like okay so you guys liked that clip and you shared it around and you wanted to go to the concert okay that's we can piece that part together what was the suits about was that's that an orchestra man it was <laughs> <laughs> the few times I've seen an orchestra it's been at like like symphony halls you know like yeah. like nice you know like upper class people <laughs> I would, yeah, I would say and people that are way better than me or at least look like <laughs> oh it uh at least look like it yeah yeah and and then we i don't know who it, it had to have been you that threw the idea out I russell it, probably was. it had to have been and and we all went for it and then we show up it's at san diego state and everyone is in like shorts and like yeah. flip-flops i think we had an idea about that I think we did, and we went for it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> it w- looked like we were a part of Hans Zimmer's orchestra. Yeah, we, were, we were VIPs for the concert. Got backstage. Everyone thought it. And then there was also uh, horrible people sitting in front of us that didn't t- stop talking the whole time. Yeah. But like, that's another story for another time. They're like, we're the actors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, yeah, no, I just love that. I love... I didn't know. I didn't. I, I. I. could think of three people that were there. I didn't think you were one of the people. So. Yeah. No. It's fine, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So last question. <laughs> Unless anyone else has Hans Zimmer stories. <laughs> um, last question. What, what do we rank this story out of five? Russ, you go first. Oh, I was gonna say eight point six, but now I eight point six divided by. Two, so <laughs> four point like, three. Three. Yeah. I'm so used to the out of ten scale too, so don't worry about it. Four point two out of five. Okay. Four point three. Four point three. Do your maths. Eight point six divided by two is four point oh three. Okay. I'm having a rough go, <laughs> and that's why I'm human. Okay. <laughs> we learned about Yorick's humanity today, but also my humanity. Okay, Kyle. I'm nine divided by two. Dang. Bet you can't figure that out. Nope. <laughs> Four point five zero. Wow. 4.50. I don't know what. I don't know what my score is for this one. Because it was up and down, but like, I don't know. I feel like upon further reflection, thinking here now, I didn't like the drama story as much, but I also don't know how much I loved, and we didn't talk about this, but we'll get there. Some of the meta narrative stuff about like the pro- I'm the protagonist of the story kind of 
stuff. I was like, ah, I don't know how much I love all that. So I think I'm going to give this. But it's also, I feel like it was my favorite volume, too, so that we've read, which is unexpected. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 8.7. <laughs> Divided by two. <laughs> <laughs> you said that seriously. <laughs> if we didn't did. stop you, you were going to end it at an 8.7. <laughs> <laughs> Out of five. Okay. What is that? Four, 4.35. Russell held that up. <laughs> don't call yourself out. I don't care. Oh, man. That's funny. I'm, I got tears Russell last. held up the whiteboard. <laughs> and he mouthed it out. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out. The man. bar was set very low. <laughs> I learned something today. Oh, man, that's funny. Okay. We had the whole conversation about dividing it by two, and he just gives us straight 8.7. You know what? That's and Everyone Everyone always asks me, why do you do a scale out of 10? Why do you do a scale out of 10? Five would be so much easier. And I'm like, really? The scale by 10 is just like, I just need that much wiggle room, even though 90% of the time I just give, give them nines or tens because I choose all the books, and I only choose the ones I like. But... For, for reasons like this, I get a 4.35, which is a very specific score, very earnest and honest in how I feel. So there we go. Thank you so much, fellas, for coming on Cameron's Comics today to talk about why The Last Man Volume 3. Um, make sure if you're listening to clobber those like and subscribe buttons. And if you're listening on iTunes, please, please, please leave me a five-star rating and review. Uh, smell you guys later. <laughs>